0: Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei, who each donated $100. Thank you for your generosity and support to the channel. We appreciate it greatly. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link. You can donate as little as a dollar and ask us a question, or you can donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, MVG. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. Great, always having you. And today we have a couple of topics to go over. The first one is going to be about Sony's decision to limit the Spider-Man remaster to the ultimate edition of Spider-Man Miles Morales and not offer a alternative pathway to gaining access to this release beyond that one avenue. And the second topic, the main topic for today's video is going to be about the Switch Pro because it's back in the news, new rumors. And we have three pillars about the Switch Pro that have surfaced over the last week and we're going to address each one individually and break down why it may support a Switch coming out in 2021 or why the information is irrelevant and actually not indicative of anything substantial. So first we'll start with Spider-Man. Sony came right out and Insomniac came out with them to address the idea of will Spider-Man Remastered be available as a standalone release on the PlayStation 5? and they put out a really odd statement that gives shades of, I believe it was Don (laughs) Matrick. It was very much shades of Don Matrick, very well said. (laughs) Especially when, and like specifically when Don Matrick was asked about like the Xbox One's always online and the return was, we have a product for people who aren't able to get some form of online connectivity. It's called the Xbox 360. And it's very dismissive, it's very arrogant, and it caused Microsoft a lot of problems moving into the Xbox One generation. And Sony and Insomniac kind of did something similar when they said there are no plans currently to offer Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered as a standalone. Players with a copy of Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 can purchase Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition to experience Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered on PlayStation 5 or you can play the PlayStation 4 version via backwards compatibility on PS5. And when I read that statement, I can't help but laugh because they actually say, "Oh, if you have it on the PlayStation 4, you can just buy it again with the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition and that way you can play it on your PlayStation yeah, 5."
1: you're waiting for the people can play this game on their PlayStation 5. You're waiting for the for for, you know, $10 or for $5 or or for something, right? It's like a second part to that sentence that just never comes, and that's that's the part that's really bemusing to me. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's so oddly phrased of like, you have it on PlayStation 4? You can buy it again. <laughs> thanks, Thanks for the privilege of having to buy the game again. And like my thing with that scenario is I'm not looking for a free upgrade of putting in my PS4 disc and getting the PlayStation 5 remaster. What is more shocking to me is that they're saying there is no standalone version of Spider-Man Remastered for PlayStation 5. Like, we don't even have the option of buying it from the PlayStation Store for $20. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been a nice, simple compromise because Insomniac has been very public in saying that this isn't a simple port. These aren't just upgrades that you get by, like, putting it into a PlayStation you know, 4 Pro. This is actually substantial. They rework the character models. They have ray tracing. They have HDR, you know, on full blast. They did a lot of work to this, so if you did all this work, wouldn't it be in your interest to sell the game for, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars, even as just a digital release, and not limit it to the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition only? Right. Yeah, I I agree, and and you,
1: if you look over what what Microsoft's doing with, you know, their messaging. They're being very transparent. Like they've they've been transparent pretty much since the beginning with everything they've done for the Series X, and it just I just can't understand why Sony just keeps fumbling around with this stuff so much. It's 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 just it's it's like bemusing to me at this point. Like I just sit there and laugh because does Jim Ryan even you know he, he has nothing he has he has nothing but contempt for you know if you want to play a, an old game in your new system he's not even interested in that and every time we talk about this stuff you know going back and playing an existing game there's always just i don't know there's just this air of we don't care about that stuff we just we just look forward to the future which is fine i mean it's worked for sony for for many years it's it's been their their pathway to success since the mm-hmm. beginning but i mean you got to <laughs> they had such a rough week last week with with communication and it just seems like it's continuing, and it, you know, the, this PS5 right now is is going to be a very interesting launch, you know, when it when it finally comes out. And look, I think Nate probably my biggest takeaway of all this is, can we just get these systems released now? I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it just feels like this has been the longest year, you know, and I'm sure they're feeling the same yeah. way. Let's just get these systems out, and we'll figure it all yep. out as we as we go, you know.
0: Yeah, Sony's marketing message has just been very odd at times and like you know like we said i would have been fine had they just come out and said oh it's gonna be a standalone being available for this price yeah and not this weird phrase of oh you want to play it and you have it on the playstation i well, buy it again like no that that's very dismissive and it just it reminds me of the arrogant sony era and i'm not saying sony is arrogant right now they're, but a little they're arrogant they're a little, a little yeah. arrogance, but I mean, they're very confident in themselves and they have no reason not to be. They're coming off the PlayStation four, which is a huge success. Well over hundred million units sold worldwide. Microsoft is still kind of stumbling with their own marketing message. So Sony obviously feels confident moving into the PlayStation five, but the situation with Spider-Man, when we do look at Microsoft, it's such a contrast to each other. Microsoft has been so transparent and they already said, do you want to play Ori and the will of the wisp on the Xbox series X. We're going to patch that and make it 120 frames a second. You want to play Gears of War 5 on your Xbox Series X? We're going to give it, you know, HDR yep. even better than it already has. We're going to give you greater 4K resolutions. We're going to give it 120 frames a second for free. And, Microsoft, and Sony's sitting here saying, uh, we're not even going to re-release the remaster that we're bundling with this other <laughs> game for full price. It's You have to buy it as the bundle. Yeah, And it's kind of like... I don't understand the point. If you put in so much work, sell it as a standalone and let a new audience of people maybe play the first Spider-Man you know, experience and say, okay, now I wanna buy Miles Morales, but don't force a full $70 purchase on me just to maybe even replay one of my favorite games from the PlayStation 4 era. It just, it's a very odd situation, hopefully. This is just like a one-off instance.
1: I'd like to think so. I like to think this is just they're still feeling their way around this. You know, um, <laughs> they think this is the best best move, and it goes back to you know, let's get the systems out and see see how the public responds and and take a look at their purchasing habits and and how and get more data on you know what they're playing what they're playing on the PS4 <laughs> and and just make some decisions at that point.
0: Yeah, hopefully they reverse the decision on this, and they do say, "Oh, we're going to put it on the digital store as a, you know, thirty dollars standalone release," and you know the community will respond positively to that. Unfortunately, it would have taken the outrage to get the reaction for them to backtrack. Right. But it's better for the consumer if they do do that. But you know, we'll find out. Hopefully, they're listening, and they do make that change. And now we'll dive into the heart of today's conversation.
1: Well, one, one quick thing on on this. Okay. when we go back and think about the 360 to the xbox one or the ps3 to the ps4 when you when you would buy call of duty ghosts right if you had call of duty ghosts on the ps3 and you wanted the ps4 version you would you would pay a price right like you you would pay like was it 10 bucks or something for an upgrade something like that yeah yeah so i mean this why couldn't they just kind of follow that that model i mean i don't i don't know if anyone's expecting the upgrade for free per se but Mm -hmm. Why why can't they just give you a you know pay five bucks and we'll we'll upgrade you or pay ten bucks and we'll give it to you you know
0: yeah I mean that would have been a nice pathway unfortunately this does it seems very similar to what five hundred five did with control right I'm saying well there's no pathway for us to do this and then they accidentally actually did it and it's just an odd case here like I don't think anyone's really out there going and is going to argue in good faith that they deserve the PS four to PS five version for free I think. People would have been happy had they said, "You have the PlayStation Four version. When you put the disc in your PS Five for a ten dollar fee, you can get all those upgrades of the PlayStation Five version." They would have been more than satisfied with that. Yep. This just seems like an odd decision to lock it strictly to the Ultimate Edition of Miles Morales. But you know, hopefully Sony does listen and we do see some progress on this front before the game launch is later this year, or maybe even in you know early next year. They do announce it is a standalone release, be it digital or retail, but let's have, let's give them, I'll give them some benefit of the doubt here that they will make things right. They may prove me a liar, (laughs) we'll find out. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I'll give them the benefit of doubt on this one, but this has to be a isolated,
0: isolated event. Yes, absolutely. So now we'll jump right into the big topic of today, the Switch Pro, it's back in the news due to a trio of rumors First, we had a retail listing out of Europe from Market. Uh, Let me get the name of that. It is Media Market. They are a distributor in Europe. And this one was specifically for Media Market of Poland. We then had a job listing for Nintendo of America that mentioned things about HDR and screens and all that fun technology stuff. And then we had a tweet from Dusk Gollum who mentioned the Switch Pro and some of the reasons that games may have have an unlocked frame rate and such. So we're gonna go one by one, and we will start with the retailer, Media Market, who had a header on their website that said, Nintendo Switch, Switch Pro, and this led to a bunch of reports. I've since looked into it a bit deeper, and I went into the retailer's site, and I noticed that the Switch Pro was on all of their Nintendo related listings. So that included the accessories, software, and hardware. And that alone didn't really mean much. I revisited the site today and Switch Pro has been removed from the header on all of these categories. So now that that might mean to people where there's smoke this fire, they removed it due to pressure. Maybe Nintendo said, why did you guys put that up? You have to remove it. Or it was simply a case of, oops. Yep that wasn't supposed to be there and you know let's just remove it really quick it actually doesn't mean anything and I think that's my conclusion right now is that it doesn't mean much of anything we're in September we have heard this talk of a switch revision for 2021 we have speculated that maybe it gets announced or releases in March of 2021 but that's six months from now as a retailer you probably have not been briefed by the Nintendo branch of your region about new hardware this far in advance. You wouldn't need to update your website with a header or a listing for a product that's not coming out for another six or seven months. So to me, that reads as a retailer simply saw the public speculation and kind of prepared themselves in the background to get ready for the inevitable release Of a switch revision because even the idea of it calling a switch pro is just something that the public has used as an easy term to reference the inevitable switch revision of next year it's probably not going to be called switch pro nintendo's never used the pro moniker before it'll probably be new nintendo switch Mm -hmm. or something very something very nintendo-ish yep the fact that they chose that name (laughs) stands out to me that it is just they saw public speculation, they made an assumption, they put it on there, and then they just like, oh, wait a minute, let's take that down. It's getting too much attention. This is attention we don't want. Or they got an email from Nintendo UK or you know, Nintendo Europe saying, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So the retail listing, yeah, ultimately, I don't think it means much of anything right now. Then Nintendo had a job listing. The job listing is a little more interesting because it is Nintendo of America directly. And this job listing is up on LinkedIn, and it was posted five days ago where they are looking for a senior engineer for display technologies. Now, under the listing, it lists interesting pieces of information. They're looking for a person who has knowledge of different display technologies, such as LCD, OLED, HDR, etc. So the thing that stood out there is HDR. Right now, the current Switch does not support HDR. It really is you know, t- too cutting edge for Nintendo of 2017. Mm-hmm. But one of the rumors about the Switch Pro that came out of Japan, and I believe the most recent Bloomberg report, is that Nintendo was looking to improve the screen yeah. of the Switch revision. Could this potentially be related to an HDR screen being placed in the Switch revision? What would your first thought be? Uh, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, we know
1: that HDR technology exists in phones. Like I have a Pixel Two, and that has HDR capabilities in it. I guess what I don't know, Nate, is what impact that has on on thermals, you know, battery life. How much of a hit will that will that you know reduce battery consumption, given the fact that it's marico, however, means it may just be offset by the fact that it's marico and and that has a better battery life. Potentially, there could be some new discoveries that they have been able to increase battery life again, or maybe even come up with a new battery revision as well that that gives you more um you know more more bang for your buck. So yeah, I mean HDR would be something that I would I would kind of put into the and I'm using air quotes switch pro you know style of <laughs> of hardware because I think that would be something that would offer a a nice pop in in visuals you know without without too much else that's required I mean you, you still have to you still have to code HDR support in your games but adding that as a patch after the fact especially to some of their biggest franchises, you know, something like, you know, imagine if Breath of the Wild got an HDR patch or something. I mean, that would be, that'd be pretty killer. I mean, that'd be great to see, right? So yeah, I I could see HDR as as something that they would be considering for for the next revision of of the Nintendo Switch.
0: Now, does the timing really favor the revision opposed to a the Switch successor, which will come out in a number of years? Because this job posting was posted only five days ago. We're operating under the idea that the revision is entering production in Q1 of next year. So we're talking just about six months out if it does, in fact, enter production in Q1. So we're talking like April, which would dismiss the idea of something coming out in March. So we're only a few months out. This feels like a role that should have been filled probably earlier in the year. And maybe this is more something that's, you know, something deeper into the future and not the immediate revision.
1: Yeah. That, that's that's a really good point. I mean, let's assume, you know, this this thing gets filled. Or maybe it's already been filled. We don't know. But I would probably suspect that whoever the individual is that, that gets this position, they would be overseeing the, you know, the revision as mm-hmm. that's being rolled out. But you're right. I mean, they would be on the hook for and personally, you know, working on the, the next you know the next switch hardware right I think I think you're right I think that's that's what this role is asking for because yeah even if it was even if the switch revision came out let's say middle of next year that that's still pretty aggressive for someone to come in right now and then you know figure out what they need to do that there's there's not that much time so yeah I, I would I would say this is probably for lack of a better term that the switch to
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I saw the job listing. I know a lot of people connected it to the pro because it is a new job listing. It's talking about, you know, display technologies, and we had the rumors of a new display possibly being used in the Switch revision. So it's like, oh, look, two dots we can connect, but we're kind of hitting a point where if the revision is coming out as soon as we're anticipating, this is a job that should have already been filled a while ago. And this job just seems something that's far more into the future, a successor. Or you know, maybe it's unrelated to Switch hardware at all. Nintendo is opening a theme park. I'm sure there's going to be screens at that to some capacity, yeah. and this individual could be employed to handle that type of stuff. Or maybe Nintendo is still experimenting with VR in some way, and they're looking for a VR screen solution that does have the proper refresh rate and resolution and everything that they want to deliver their games in the best way possible. So we really can't extrapolate much from that job listing on its own
1: yeah we can just job listings are hard to to kind of dissect because 98 percent of the time you're making conclusions based on the information in the job listing itself and then you're trying to cross reference that with what's going on you know with that particular company at the time based on you know public Postings and things, you know, media postings and interviews and stuff. So, it can be very tricky to get the to the real crux of of what this position will be. But yeah, Nate, I mean, I, I would I would be I would say you know, it's a safe bet that this person will be involved with you know the Switch too.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And now the third pillar of the Switch Pro rumors of the week came from Dust Golem on Twitter. Where they wrote, I know the Switch Pro rumors are true. And the reason a lot of Switch games recently have been keeping their frame rate unlocked is to have an easy performance boost on it. Now, that information is in no disrespect to Dusk Gollum. The information is vague, it's nonspecific, and it really doesn't say anything of meaningful substance. Because games on the Switch have had frame rates unlocked in it has There's not a ton of them. It's very limited amount. I believe Capcom games like Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 have uncapped frame rates. But that alone doesn't really mean that a Switch Pro or the game is designed for the Switch Pro in mind. And Dusk went on to the Reset Era forum and he said, oh, I'm also talking about some of the recent indie games that came out and Monster Hunter Rise. And, you know, that kind of threw me for a loop a bit because without specific examples it's just kind of like oh games with a dynamic resolution were made this way because a more powerful switch could come out like you can say that but it doesn't necessarily mean that's why the games were made that way like is there actually a benefit to going out of your way to program a game with an uncapped frame rate in anticipation of what currently is an unannounced revision of switch hardware
1: no um I don't wanna I don't wanna give Dusk Golem a hard time, but this tweet is I mean, anyone that's a developer that's working on the Switch right now, they're looking at this and they're just laughing at this because this is this is not a very good good tweet. I, I get the message and the Switch Pro rumors, they could well be true. I mean he he could have been told some information from a reliable contact that he has, and I don't dispute that, but his kind of reasoning about this is it's not very it's not very good so let's kind of walk through a little bit you mentioned frame rate unlocked you're quite right Nate there's a lot of games that have uncapped frame rates on the switch I mean that's not something that's that's just recently happened in the last we'll say six months or the last 12 months I mean uncapped frame rates is a thing on the switch and it's and it's there for a reason most of the time it's because you know, you want to try to get the best performance you can. There's obviously a lot of optimization that needs to happen to get Switch games to run at a certain level of performance. And one of those optimizations, as much as, you know, it it sounds a little strange, is to uncap your frame rate, you know, to get basically the best you can. So that's not something that is, you know, has been introduced recently. And I guess the other thing I will say is he's also forgetting the point of resolution so most nintendo switch games in fact probably all of them out there have a upper upper resolution limit so for example if you play doom eternal right now on your switch and you play it in dock mode it's 720p right we know that but here's the thing even if you you know pull up your your modified switch and start messing around with config files and doing some overclocking, you can never, never, ever push the game to 1080p because the developers have basically hardwired the game for a 720p upper limit. So <laughs> what what I'm getting at here is is that if there is indeed a Switch Pro, then nothing is just going to work one-to-one without... It's kind of like the, the PS5 thing again. It, it There's going to need to be patches... To take advantage of any new hardware revision, if indeed there is a resolution boost, or potentially a frame rate um, boost as well, or a, sorry, a CPU boost that, that gives you more more performance. So, his tweet is is not very good, unfortunately. And I guess the other thing I will say is my my, my good buddy Psych um, Matt Hargett has already uh, you know ripped him a new one previously about. Uh, other rumors about a fake 4k xbox and i know he he got into a lot of heat about that one so his track record right now is a little shaky again i'm not i'm not disputing the switch pro rumors but his his kind of information
0: past that is is a little strange yeah the thing with rumors especially when it comes to hardware is that just like any rumor the information is only as good as the source And with the Switch Pro, it's kind of maybe certain things aren't finalized. Maybe the source is under the assumption that this is why decisions are being made on a game because of the public speculation and knowledge of a Switch Pro coming down the line. And, you know, we know the Switch has numerous games that have dynamic resolution. You yourself have overclocked games like The Witcher 3, Mm -hmm. Dune 2016. And I believe he even tried to do the Xenoblade games, and yep. like in the example of Xenoblade Chronicles Two, that game has a cap at seven twenty p. So it doesn't matter; you could overclock your Switch to any figure you want. It wasn't going above that seven twenty p. resolution, as you kind of mentioned earlier. Whereas I believe it was The Witcher Three, you got a better resolution and yep. you got a higher frame rate by on by overclocking. Absolutely, yep. So that's where like a Switch Pro can bring benefits to the current software library of Switch games if the game has already been designed with a dynamic resolution or an uncapped frame rate. But it's not going to be as simple as, oh, I put this game in that looked bad. It's just going to miraculously make it look better. They can patch in those things to make it look better. But I don't believe any game right now is being designed around the idea that something like a revision is around the corner, so we're going to intentionally leave these things open so it can run better at the future point because one area especially for the switch is that if they are doing the revision for next year is that they're going to address the lack of cpu power and the low memory bandwidth those are the first things that nintendo should be looking to upgrade they shouldn't be worried about dlss or you know 4k resolution and i'm not saying neither of those will be coming to the revision itself but there's certain there are other areas that require more attention yep. than pure resolution increasing. To memory,
1: memory bandwidth is number one by you know with a bullet. That's that's the thing that that everyone wants to see improve significantly. And I think mm-hmm. if, if they if and look Nintendo they're not dummies. I mean they're listening to feedback on this stuff. And so yeah, I would I would say you're absolutely on the money
0: with with both of those things. So like. Now, let's just say the Switch Pro is exactly that. They improved the CPU and they improved the memory bandwidth. What type of results would we get from a Switch Pro in terms of game performance over the current Switch?
1: Oh, I mean, you would get... you would get, It wouldn't be significant, Nate. I mean, I'm not going to say that everything's going to miraculously run at 4K or something, right? But mm-hmm. you, there's two ways this, this could go. Like, you know, if you think about Breath of the Wild... There are some places in that game, uh, like in the village, where, where things really start to chug. A memory bandwidth upgrade would just smoothen out those frame rates. So basically with something like Breath of the Wild... I think what you would see is you won't necessarily get a boost in resolution, but you would get just a nice smooth 30 FPS experience. Like that, just it's locked, right? And that's that's pretty good. You may you may get a resolution bump um, if if there is a CPU boost, but I think if I was Nintendo and I had new hardware and it it had you know increased memory bandwidth and faster CPU clocks. What I would probably focus on is giving the user a a really good experience with a game like Breath of the Wild where it doesn't doesn't chug in areas and maybe turn on the the boost mode stuff when you know you're loading in new scenes to just you know reduce the the amount of you know wait time for for loading but with a game like Doom for example 2016 that would be a game that would potentially benefit from a slight resolution upgrade because while Doom on the Switch looks and runs great and no one believed it was possible, it's something (laughs) that could potentially bump up to 1080p in dock mode and 720p in handheld. And I would say that The Witcher 3 would be another candidate of game. I'm not saying it's going to run at 1080p, but it would still have that dynamic resolution in play but it wouldn't, you know, drop as as low as as what it does now. And the same thing applies for Xenoblade Chronicles. I mean, that game just kind of it, it that game jumps resolution like absolute crazy. So, I think the goal would be really just to offer a, a better user experience to to the customer. Make you know th- that low point of like a three hundred and twenty p game just doesn't exist anymore because you've just got more cpu and more memory bandwidth to play with so you're basically offering the same experience but you know those resolutions aren't dipping anywhere near as much as they were and potentially you're you know you have the overhead now to you know offer a 1080p or a a closer to a a
0: locked 1080p experience you know Mm -hmm. so basically it'd be selling like something where now Switch undocked would actually be able to hit the screen native resolution yep. more consistently than it currently does, and when docked, it would hit the 1080p resolution more consistency than it currently does. Yeah, now- I mean, think of
1: it this way: I mean, if you offered your customers 720p in handheld, that 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 would that's you know that's a pretty big deal, you know, to, to sell on someone because a lot of people, you know, have had concerns about the switch and it's kind of resolution how low it can get sometimes and some games haven't haven't looked very good you know so offering a a more stable resolution uh, on handheld and in dock mode of course i think that's that's something that you know i can or al- i can already see the website like nintendo they've got like a side by side right they've got the current switch and then they've <laughs> got the new switch right the new nintendo switch we'll call it and they've got you know two screens of some game and they're showing you how much more clarity you're getting with with the new switch but it's not really (laughs) any different otherwise you know what i mean i think they did very something very similar to the new nintendo 3ds you know they showed you the old stuff and they showed you the new stuff and you know if you can kind of quantify that stuff and and sell sell your customers on on visuals like that rather than saying hey this has a 1.3 gigahertz processor (laughs) <laughs> um, I think I think that would go a long way, you know, to, to getting
0: people on board. Yeah, and I mean, that's been the thing with these Switch Pro rumors is that we have some grounded expectations where many are saying I'm, I'm expecting something similar to the three 3DS to new 3DS, which was a substantial upgrade. They increased the CPU by a, a lot. Yeah. massive margin, mm-hmm. and we really didn't see software that took advantage of it outside of the few exclusives like Xenoblade. And all you know outside of those handful of exclusives everything was compatible across the two now with the new 3ds they didn't upgrade the gpu it was they added more ram they increased the cpu and, and that could realistically be what we get with the switch revision of 2021 yeah. and like for the record i have heard rumblings myself of the switch revision for 2021 some of the stuff has suggested 4k Mm-hmm. But the problem is is that it's very vague. Yeah. It's just like the Bloomberg report itself. It's just four K and without specifics, I don't know if they are talking about four K upscaling or four K native rendering, because there is a huge difference between the two. And to get to four K native rendering wouldn't well, it would require more than just a CPU upgrade. It would also require a substantial increase of GPU, like probably yeah. to a factor of four to five Mm -hmm. and at that point i'm not even sure if nvidia has a mobile set that could deliver that performance in a switch form factor right now the thing is you're right i mean none of this stuff has been
1: has been ever used in like a handheld gaming system it's all ai self-learning cars you know self machine learning stuff i mean it's it's all kind of untested right now and again does this exist in Nintendo's R&D lab somewhere? Probably. But is it is it ready for release, you know, in the next couple of years? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I think we're a longer long way
0: away than that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, I don't question a Switch revision coming out next year. The timing is right. They, you know, could use a nice little revision to increase interest in the hardware even though it is selling incredibly well we're on the verge of them potentially selling 30 million pieces of hardware this current fiscal year yeah so it's not like it's in dire needs of you know a reboot but if they do have the revision come out and even if it is just 4k upscaling right with a better cpu with better you know memory bandwidth where you are smoothing out those frame rates and you are getting better visual clarity of the image then the 4k upscaling would be even more pleasing to the eye than trying to take some of these games that have these dynamic resolutions that potentially go as low as 540p and then trying to upscale that for your 4K TV, it's still going to look pretty muddy. Yeah. Now, if you can get that at a consistent 1080p and then upscale it to 4K, yeah, it's not going to have crystal clarity just due to the nature of the upscaling itself, but it's not going to be as reprehensible as upscaling a game like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to 4K.
1: Yeah. So... I want to talk about that Bloomberg article um, by Takashi-san because, I mean, I again, I don't doubt the information. I, I think Takashi-san's a, a very, very credible source, no, not disputing that at all, but I wonder if this was a something that maybe was was kind of lost as far as in translation a little bit or potentially the way that we're interpreting, and not, I don't mean you and me, but just the general public and, and other outlets that have reported based on his... His information, because yep. from what I remember, he was told by um, by outside outside developers. I think that was the word. So that that implies it's a third party, right? So a third party Japanese developer could be Bandai Namco, could be Capcom. We don't know who it is. Um, yep. They were told that they need to get their games. 4k ready so nate you brought up a really good point you know what does 4k ready mean it could mean anything i mean it could potentially mean um like i said you know m- many games have an upper upper resolution limit of 720p no matter what you do you can't you can't you know change that unless you recompile the code so d- does that just mean that they're just relaxing that restriction so the game can get a resolution bump I mean, there's so many different ways to interpret what 4K ready means. Is like, think about, you know, when you had your old CRT television and, you know, <laughs> you wanted to make it um, digital ready, you would go out and buy like one of those adapter boxes, you know, before yep. the digital TVs actually came out. I mean, it, there's so many ways to interpret this stuff. And and when I, when I think 4K ready, I don't necessarily think it means, like you said, an 4K. I think... What it probably means is is that they' they're asking their developers to basically relax the restriction on a upper n720p screen in dock mode for some games and give some more flexibility to you know adjust resolutions and, and make sure that if those resolutions are to be increased, then things like your your HUD elements and like you said, the the, the GPU, um, and all that stuff is is running appropriately. So I, I think it's more of a just get your stuff kind of, you know, uncap un- it a little bit or unlock it a little bit and get it ready for, for what comes next because, you know, there's, there's obviously a revision that's
0: coming down the line. Yeah, there's no question about a revision coming down the line. It's really just a matter of how far are they going to go and because these rumors, I mean, these rumors have started... As late as I want to say, maybe eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. where Nintendo were looking around for a new screen, potentially a new shell, and then it shifted into all of a sudden it's 4K, and it's kind of leapt from a modest increase to now people are expecting almost a full on next gen successor from a revision, and it just seems like too much of a leap. Like I don't expect the Switch Pro to be a portable PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. I think that's going too high. And I'm not even sure, even if they hit that type of figure, let's put it between an Xbox One and a PlayStation 4, if they would have enough GPU power to render the games at native 4K to begin with. Yeah. you probably need some sort of assistance. And if you're going to get Tensor Cores added and you're going to have DLSS added to a Switch Pro, at that point, is it even a revision? It mm-hmm. seems like then you should just position it as a actual successor. And if you want to con- you know, keep it as part of the same line as far as the marketing and the branding goes and for, you know, actual sale totals, you can, you can treat it like the Game Boy Color to the original Game Boy. Mm -hmm. But to me, that seems like that's almost next gen in terms of a leap, if you're going all the way to native 4K rendering or DLSS type, you know, feature sets. And then we're looking at the idea of potentially a Switch successor, maybe coming out in, you know, early as 2023, yeah, it feels like that's a way too much technology for just a revision that essentially serves as a stopgap. And yeah. when you come like with Sony and Microsoft, the point of a mid-gen refresh or revision hardwares when it comes to Nintendo in the past is that you can charge a premium price for a product that is actually costing you now not that much money to produce. So you are making more money. You increase your profit margins. And with this expectation of this Switch Pro being this 4K you know beast. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they're going to increase those profit margins. It sounds like they would actually essentially be launching a whole new Switch and starting over again, which I don't think would serve their interest. We know what their 2021 lineup is looking like. We know Breath of the Wild 2 should be launching next year. We have the idea that, you know, new Pokemon Snap is next year. We know Monster Hunter Rising is next year. It sounds like a really solid year already for Nintendo switch software and it doesn't seem like you need to have brand new hardware to launch especially when we've seen the development and some of the problems with the xbox series x and the playstation 5 for sony and microsoft due to covid and just other factors mm-hmm. it's not the right time for nintendo yeah. to come out and try to launch a premium piece of hardware that right. let's just say they price it at like 350. Why the Xbox series s is coming in less than you, the PlayStation five would only be fifty dollars more, so Nintendo would actually have to position any switch pro at a reasonable price of either maintaining two ninety nine yeah, yeah, or you have to significantly drop the current switch and switch light to something like one ninety nine for the current switch, and I mean, I don't see them going ninety nine dollars for the light, but I mean, I guess I can't dismiss it either if we're talking the idea that maybe the pro doesn't launch until this time next year. Can't roll it well, out though. Right. I mean, Oh, no, you definitely can't. Yeah. I mean, if we take Nintendo for their word, they said there was no new Nintendo hardware coming out in 2020. We've entertained the idea of maybe a switch pro being announced or even released in March. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't dismiss it. It's when Monster Hunter comes out, they have yet to announce a monster hunter switch bundle, which is kind of a staple to the franchise. When it comes to Nintendo, there's always a bundle and they, the fact that they haven't announced it, it's just suspicious to me yep but even if the pro see i can't say it's going to come out in march with certainty because the bloomberg articles said they are planning production for q1 which would make that impossible and it, they launched the switch version 2 and the switch Lite in september and i would think you'd want a big first party game and the biggest first party game i can think of for 2021 is Breath of the wild 2 mm-hmm. and if you want to showcase the visual clarity the better loading the seamless worlds where you're going into like the lost woods an area that chugged on the original switch if you go into that area of Breath of the wild 2 and now it's perfect performance yeah that's a good illustration of the performance boost you want that type of game to launch your new hardware and that i don't see Breath of the wild 2 coming out In the first half of 2021 i think it'll be positioned second half of 2021 and yeah i I could see it being announced in march if nintendo wanted to end their fiscal year or start the new fiscal year at the announcement of we do have a revision coming out we'll share details at a later time maybe around june we get the first actual showing and they launch it a couple months later nintendo is typically quick between announcement and release, when it comes to revisions, they leave a very limited gap between the two. Yeah. How, how long was it between the light? Because, I mean, I feel
1: like it was only like four weeks or something, right? Maybe it wasn't that aggressive, but it wasn't that much time between when they announced
0: it and they released it. I think they announced at the end of June or early July, and then it came September, out. Right? In September, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a very limited window of time. And the version, and Switch version two was a shadow mm-hmm. drop and just replaced. The other models so that didn't need an announcement whereas the one we're talking about now would actually be an announcement yeah and you know we're gonna have a lot more rumors going forward we tackled these three pillars because these are the things that were going around this week we had a new job listing which was just curious you had a retailer putting up switch pro in their header which probably amounts to nothing it's way too early for them to have that in their code and it's way too early for them to be anticipating new hardware so that just seems like an employee was testing things out. They made something go public that they shouldn't have, but it wasn't all that damaging. It got people talking. Then we had the Dust Golem tweet, which, yeah, they acknowledge that the Switch Pro is real, which I think everyone at this point in time knows. There's been way too much discussion around it for it to just be vaporware. Mm-hmm. The idea that certain software is being designed with uncapped frame rates, doesn't sound like i mean it's been something that's already been happening throughout the generation yeah. so it's not specific due to the rumblings of a pro coming right it's sooner rather it, than later it's
1: not something i would use as you know information to to back up that claim you know that, that <laughs> right. that's the part that i i struggle with with his tweet
0: right so you know 2021 should be interesting for nintendo we still have a lot to look forward to in 2020 i mean we still have Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. So Nintendo has a lot of interesting months coming up. Sony has to work on that marketing message a little better when it comes to software, hardware, free orders, and general tone. They shouldn't be as dismissive. What's Microsoft going to
1: uh, do? They're just going to sit back and, <laughs> and watch uh, all the money they're going to make from Game Pass
0: over the holiday? <laughs> yeah, Microsoft's kind of sitting in saying we had the ZeniMax and Bethesda acquisition this week. We don't have to do anything else for a little while. Uh, and as for those Sega rumors. Oh God. That's just fun speculation. I believe people are having. I mean, yeah. they're literally connecting a blue controller to Sonic and then a person putting their arms across the table, which say, so look, it's an X. And so uh, Microsoft isn't going to buy Sega. If they bought Sega, they'd have to buy Sammy. Yeah. And Sammy is a big company, and I don't know if Microsoft really wants to get into the pachinko machine business. Which Sammy- I agree.
1: Plus, they're going to have to come come up with a way that they- <laughs> to to make back that seven point five billion dollars they've invested on Bethesda over the that next few true. years. So, I-, I think their hands are full for a little while. I'm not saying that they're done buying companies, but I think their focus right now is. What's the strategic plan to to get our money back on this on this you know on this
0: buyout? Yeah, I think Microsoft still has one or two acquisitions in mind that maybe we see it announced before the end of the year. Maybe we'll see it announced in the early half of next year. But you know, Microsoft is definitely being aggressive, but they have a lot to figure out with how they're going to be handling Bethesda software releases moving forward. I don't think they need to invest in another headache right now because if you did acquire Sega, one they are a publicly traded company, I believe, in Japan. So if there were rumblings yep. of an acquisition, it would have been public knowledge. And the fact that there is no public rumor in Japan, it means that acquisition is not happening. And I don't think the social media accounts would be privy to such information where they were teasing it yes. in such a blatant way. Well, but- I mean,
1: if you, if you um, looked at uh, Bethesda, well, Microsoft and Bethesda, you, if you saw that that interview that Major Nelson did with Todd Howard and um, Phil Spencer and mm-hmm. Kevin Hines, I mean it was it was very clear when Todd Howard spoke that no one beyond a certain level on the on the executive knew about this stuff. So the average worker had no idea this was coming, which which means that you know if you're Sega and you work in community management and you're the person tweeting out things every day you would you would not be privy to that stuff just in the same way as as you know the average person that works at bethesda game studios had no idea it was coming
0: yep and i mean i think sega or Sammy sega would be an absolute brilliant acquisition for microsoft if they decided to go that route because you'd have sonic you'd have atlas you'd have some very prestigious iconic franchises under your belt but i I don't see that happening anytime soon. I know in the past that Microsoft had had discussions with Sega, when I talk about the past, I'm talking like 20 years ago. right? Like after the Dreamcast launch and Microsoft was preparing the Xbox, Yeah, they had discussions with Sega back then to acquire them, but Microsoft also talked to Nintendo back then to see if they were interested in a partnership or an acquisition. That's correct, yes. Microsoft's always looking for somebody that can help them in any field or department that they're looking to expand and become more aggressive in and they will look to japan studios they will look to european studios and they'll continue to look at north american studios they will look for any opportunity that is presented to them but right now sega is not being bought by microsoft
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 let's kill off this konami talk as well i mean konami is even worse because i mean their video (laughs) games how much do their video games account for i mean not not too much of their business right so if you're going to if you're going to buy out konami you need to be prepared to buy out their their gaming or their gambling business
0: as well which is very lucrative for them <laughs> yes it is they make a lot of money in that and if i'm konami it's far more beneficial to any company be it microsoft sony or nintendo to just license the ip from konami so if you want to make a silent hill License the IP, Sony. Yep. If you want to make a Metal Gear Solid game or a Metal Gear game or a Zone of the Enders or a Castlevania or a Contra, see if you can license the IP. Assign your own internal de- development team to handle it and do it that way. That way, all parties are kind of happy. Konami isn't making a bad game, and you have full control over the quality of the game you're putting out. You have exclusive rights to it. That's, you know, that's a better business model than buying Konami just so you can say. We have Silent Hill. Like, yeah, you do. But you also have a lot of other baggage with that situation. If you could have just licensed Silent Hill, you take a lot of headaches off the table and you can just focus on the one thing making a great Silent Hill game and launching it on the PlayStation 5. That's right, MVG. <laughs> I still don't believe Silent Hill exists. <laughs> one day the siren will sound for Silent Hill. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Now we'll jump into some of the StreamLab questions first we had the hundred dollar donation from shamsa no message then we had a three dollar donation from t-bone who writes hey guys with the upcoming debut of next gen do you think upgrading is worth it at launch new hardware always carries a risk couple that with cross-gen games potential hardware issues and price and it seems like it might be best to wait it is absolutely best to wait unless you have Three to five games that interest you at launch for next generation hardware? What's the you know, why not wait a few months? Because PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are going to cost five hundred dollars this time next year, but it's gonna have a much bigger library of games that might interest you. So unless you absolutely have to play Demon's Souls this November, wait it out a few months and see what software happens, see if the systems break explode catch fire Mm -hmm. let the first wave of adopters be the beta testers and you can pick up one of those two systems next summer
1: yeah i i I agree i mean don't don't follow my lead on this one i I got one because you know i i want it for the channel and i want to you know take a look at it when it comes out but i mean if i think back to every system i've ever bought during launch none of them have ever survived you know like the Xbox One VCR that thing literally stopped working um, it didn't get a red ring but it just started having all these issues with it and then before that obviously was the 360 and the PS3 and we know how how that went in that era I mean don't don't get launch systems wait wait at least 12 months and I think you'll have a better experience overall and there'll be a better selection of games that you can you can pick from and I think just, just hold out as for as long as you can
0: really and then then decide to jump on one Absolutely. Very good advice. Then we had a $3 donation from Taylor Bone, which is Taylor Bone and T Bone. <laughs> I'm going to guess you're the same person. Could be. All <laughs> <laughs> right, hey guys, do you think that companies like Sony and Microsoft would benefit more from a higher MSRP of 69.99 or by simply sticking to the 59.99 price tag longer like Nintendo does? Seems to me that simply sticking to the $59.99 price for longer would help them. Long term, yes, it would help them. The one thing that we see from Microsoft and Sony is that a lot of their games are front loaded. They sell incredibly well in the launch month and maybe the second month, but in the third and fourth month, sales significantly tailor off. So they want to make as much of their investment back in those first two months as possible. So leaving it high priced, won't benefit them as much as what we see from Nintendo, because you can look at Nintendo's financial reports and you'll see that a game like Breath of the Wild still ships 2 million copies a year. Mario Kart might still be selling four or 5 million copies a year at full price, because those games, they're evergreen. They never stop selling. People don't hesitate to pay full price for them. With a game like, I'll use The Last of Us Part Two just as an example of a recent release from Sony, opened very strong at launch and I believe in the latest NPD report, I'm not sure if the game was even in the top 15. So the sales significantly dropped and the game's already been discounted and it's probably not going to spark a ton of new interest. So for Sony and Microsoft, if I can sell you $70 for those first two months and I can sell 8 million copies, I'm probably making a substantial sum of my investment back. If I kept that $60, I may not reach that figure as quick as I would like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We then had a hundred dollar donation from the Zelda sensei who wrote, following Microsoft's acquisition of Zenimax, what would be a game company you could see Sony or Nintendo acquire? And what are your thoughts on it likely happening? Keep up the great work. You guys are an awesome team. Thank you. Um, Nintendo, nobody. Nintendo is not a studio that really has acquisition on the mind. They like to partner with development teams. We see them partner with Koei Tecmo quite frequently on games like Fire, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Age of Calamity. It suits them to just contract them for work. Both of the studios benefit from it. Nintendo gets a new awesome game that they can have some oversight on. Koei Tecmo gets a contract and, you know, they have extra work. Uh, Sony is definitely a, studio, a company who would look for studio acquisitions. Um, there, was, just, there was some
1: talk uh, about the uh, developers of Control and Max Payne. Um, oh, yes, Remedy. Remedy. There was some rumblings about that. I mean, Remedy is one of those boutique shops that would benefit from maybe Sony picking them up, you know, just to give them that little extra focus. I mean for me microsoft the obvious choice has to be bungie right i mean it's it's that that partnership they had obviously back in the day and there's you know there's rumors that that bungie is is you know currently being courted by microsoft to to buy them out again but we'll see how that goes but yeah for me i would say remedy for sony and and bungie for microsoft
0: remedy is a good fit for sony i was i was trying to think of a european team but Mm -hmm. I know people like to give Microsoft a lot of flack for this, but I mean, Sony had acquired a few teams during the PlayStation 4 and late PS3 era, and they've had to shut down those teams. So they may not be too quick to the draw of another acquisition after getting Insomniac. Right. But I do think they'll acquire a studio of some size sometime during this generation, but I really couldn't pinpoint a single one. So I'll say Remedy, because they are a good fit they make quality games and if i see alan wake 2 on a playstation 5 then Mm -hmm. damn i have to buy a playstation 5 we then had a five dollar donation from the psycho fox who writes why are nate and mvg so great that's my question (laughs) thanks so much for the amazing podcast and insight especially during lockdown do you want to you want to feel that one uh, I was going to ask you to feel this one first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, we appreciate the kind words there. I, I, I don't know um, how, to, how to respond to that, but um, we'll, we'll keep, keep doing what we do here and, and keep you guys entertained
0: week in, week out. Yep. Yes, we're great because of people like you in our community and fan base. You make us great. Without you, we're nothing. So thank you for making us great. We then had a $5 donation from Skittles saying, hello, my favorite podcasting duo. What a busy week in gaming news. And it's only Wednesday. MVG, congrats on securing a Series X. Thank you. Thank you. I had to go through a lot to get one, as you saw in my,
1: in my video. Apologies <laughs> for the bad language too. I think it was justifiable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he continued and said, I just want to throw out there how funny it would be if Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop had live achievement support on the PlayStation 5. It would be a comical sight to behold, but unfortunately, that comedy act will not be seen. The games are being published by Bethesda and not Xbox Game Studios, so the achievement system will not be implemented. But it would still be pretty funny just to see people's reactions of you unlocked an achievement and be like, what? <laughs> we then had cool. a dollar donation. It would, I mean, then again, we had it on the Switch, and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah though Ori and Will of the Wisp on Switch, because it's published by IM8Bit, does not have Xbox Live features implemented. I was actually quite taken aback by that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I want I, to unlock achievements. I know on the
0: PlayStation,
1: there's fairly interesting trophy requirements that every game has to have, so it um, it would make it, it would make it very difficult, I think
0: yeah and for like yeah are on switch because Blind forest had xbox live integration you can unlock the achievements on your profile so i played will of the wisp i was like oh sweet i'm gonna get a bunch of achievement points on this and there was no option to link the account and i was like i guess maybe because xbox game studios didn't publish this like they did blind forest and minecraft so they didn't implement xbox live functionality and it was quite surprising mm-hmm. but I guess it's something they could patch in. I believe Cuphead is supposed to get Xbox Live integration patched in once the DLC comes and they get the retail release out and then you can get all the achievements and stuff. So hopefully that happens eventually. And we had a dollar donation from Jack E. Gee who wrote, what is your most anticipated first party game from each of the big three at the moment in terms of what has currently been announced? Breath of the Wild
1: 2 for Nintendo Sony, I would probably say, Ooh, what's been announced that I'm waiting for? Um, it's it's either going to be the uh, well, Demon Souls is big, but I mean that that's coming. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to waste my turn there. Like something that's a little further out. I'd, I'd probably say the next God of War game is probably the next big thing for me. And then for Microsoft, I mean, mm. it's got to be Halo Infinite, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, Halo Infinite would make sense for me. For microsoft it'd be halo infinite or fable i really want to see the direction they take fable in though i mean i guess today we could technically include starfield or elder scrolls 6 true in that discussion yeah. for microsoft but i'll keep it to the microsoft we know i'll say fable sony it's ratchet and clank for Ooh, playstation 5 it's a good
1: pick nate can i change mine no i'm gonna, yes, st- you I'm, can. gonna st- <laughs> I'm gonna st- i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick with mine i'm gonna stick with god of war <laughs> but ratchet is is a is a very good pick very good pick
0: ratchet is what's going to sell me on the playstation 5 the second that game gets a release date is the day i pick up a playstation 5 you could have had me at launch sony but what if what if it comes out for the ps4 then i don't get a ps5 (laughs) (laughs) and nintendo is Breath of the wild 2 i really want to see how they expand on that world of hyrule and all the new gameplay possibilities they introduce. because Breath of the wild as amazing as it is there were a few areas that could use a nice ironing out so i'm curious how they address it And if the experience feels as fresh and exciting as Breath of the Wild did, because that's tough when you do a sequel in the same setting with a lot of the same gameplay mechanics, you do run the risk of it just becoming familiar. So you lose that, oh my God feel. But Nintendo is usually good at doing that. I mean, Super Mario Galaxy 1 is a masterpiece and somehow Mario Galaxy 2 was just as magical. So I have high expectation for Breath of the Wild 2. And that will do it for the Streamlabs questions for this episode. I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Always a pleasure. And you can find a link to MVG's channel in the description below. And you can also visit his channel right now to see Grand Theft Auto three running on the Nintendo Switch. And everyone wants to play GTA three while sitting down and relaxing in a chair or a water closet. <laughs> well, hey, if if it does get taken down by
1: Take Two, then you know an official one's coming. So either way, we all win, right?
0: That is a good point. (laughs) You all win no matter what. You either get to watch an outstanding video or... you get to play it eventually on the Switch. Oh, yeah. We'll get an official release on the eShop one of these days. (laughs) (laughs) And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link. Donate as little as a dollar. Ask us a question. We'll answer at the end of the episode. You donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Like the video if you enjoyed this content. Give it a dislike if you didn't. Let us know your thoughts on the Switch Pro and Sony's marketing message with Spider-Man in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.